0: We've been talking about who might go, who might stay, and I think maybe the most surprising one was who's going, at least who was the first declaration to go in the NBA draft. Let's talk about it on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA,
1: your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm Zach Anderson, Yaximer, once again joined by Max Kelton. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. Thanks for being a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This podcast is free, where we get your podcasts on every available podcast platform and available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe there. Thanks for all the love. Follow us at Locked On Bruins. The big news coming out of the day, Max. Jalen Clark is now declaring for the NBA draft. We talked about this a couple days ago, thinking about who might go, who might stay. Even in the comments, how is he going to declare? He's injured, right? Some of these UCLA Bruins, like Delbona Bona and Clark, dealing with injuries and kind of questions in terms of their injury in the current, present time. And here Clark is declaring for the draft just yesterday, I believe, what, Tuesday or Wednesday, I should say, March 29th. And we, we, we had that weird Instagram post you'd kind of alluded to right or that tweet whatever you talked about earlier in the week and now here Jalen Clark is declaring for the draft and we're unsure if he's kept his eligibility alive by not signing an agent whatever that means but I think of all the dominoes to fall this is not the one we thought would fall first
1: it's difficult it's difficult to think about right you know he was named player of the year defensive player of the year nationally uh, just a couple of days ago so He's he's getting that recognition on a national level, and it should be no surprise to anybody that he get right. He's he's right now listed at right in the heart of uh, the second round of mock drafts. Um, it's crazy to think that he's going into it with an injury, but I, I think there's there's teams out there that would take a flyer on an elite defensive presence.
0: Yeah, you have J- Jalen Clark who won the NABC Defensive Player of the Year award. He has the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year Award, part of the all-Pac-12 team. This is a guy who is instrumental in UCLA success. Early in the season, was averaging close to 15, nearly 16 points per game in wins over Kentucky, getting that big three-point shot in beating USC. And then while his numbers slowly dwindled offensively a little bit as he struggled shooting from the floor, he still was efficient, shooting 13 points, getting 13 points per game at 48% from the floor, close to 33% from three despite his Jekyll and Hyde at home or on the road. And then the biggest thing was six rebounds per game, almost two and a half steals per game, a little more than that. And he was clearly, clearly someone that if UCLA had, I think in this year, in this tournament, they would easily, easily have done much better than they would have against Gonzaga. And while they needed a big post player against Timmy, Clark was the neutralizer, right? He was the X factor, the MVP of sorts, which I alluded to in December, which is why it's so enticing for him to go jump to the NBA draft. One wonders, is he even healthy enough to do anything for an NBA team upcoming right now? And in addition to that, how can he work out? He's quote unquote, according to Ben Bolch's LA Times article, Clark says he's ahead of schedule, but I feel like we've hear that with every injury, right? Has there ever been a player that's ahead of schedule until it's time for him to come back, and then you know when he's not there? Well, it, it was it, he's not ahead of schedule.
1: Sure, you know I I I think if I if I really consider who who this young man is in Jalen Clark, a lot of it it's reminiscent of um, of Matisse Thibel from a couple of years ago with Washington guy who started his career with the Sixers has now been traded and working with the, you know, the the Blazers, but he's He's a solid young man who can provide some really good support on the defensive end, and he has a place in today's N- NBA. Well, he might not be a twenty-point-per-game scorer. His defensive numbers, are, you know, it it it, may, it makes sense that he would move on because he's also you know he's aging, right? You have a junior, in Beck and back um, in I think it was it was twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one, and um, you know, through throughout that span, there was nobody really drafted to the NBA through, through Mick Cronin squads last year, you know, there's only, only, only one uh, in the draft. So um, Peyton. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I see the move. It makes sense to me. Curious as to where the other dominoes fall.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see just, we just didn't think this was the one I guess if he is healthy. All right. Well, UCLA would have loved to have a senior year of Jalen Clark. Maybe the emotions of playing or not, but there's still a chance for him to withdraw. It's just we're unsure if he's signed an agent and how this process is going to work for Jalen Clark. Because it's one thing to go through the combine and be told, no, your shot's not there. You need to be you. You got the defense, but to be a three and D guy, you have to be able yeah. to hit the three consistently at the NBA range at an NBA clip, even if you're off the bench. That's just what it is in today's day and age of the modern NBA. If you can't hit the three. Uh, unless you're playing elite, elite defense, which Clark does, then it's tough for you to get on the floor. And still, teams are scoring 120 points per game. So how much defense is there actually until the playoffs? So it comes down to who gets him and the right team. There, there's high there's high regard for Clark. It's just kind of interesting, you know. It, it just, It just kind of puzzles me. We thought maybe he wouldn't go. And there's still a chance he doesn't. But it is just a peculiar fit. Of all the guys, we're waiting for Tiger, we're waiting for Jaime, Bona, and Bailey, which we're going to talk about in a moment again. But Clark and him jumping through to the NBA just is very surprising. I almost can't wrap my head around it, you know, in terms of how what the process is. Unless he just wants to go through the process and figure out what is what are teams thinking of him? Because if he doesn't go, it's another year or more, depending on how bad this injury is, without an NBA
1: look. Sure. Well, you, you know, okay, so here, here's where I, I can imagine his thought process is, right? First things first, this is an NIL dude. Money certainly matters to him. Look on his Instagram. He's sponsored by a ton of different brands because he he likes those deals, right? He likes to get paid. So I think money is at is is, is front of, of where he's thinking. I also think that he wants to get in a room with NBA trainers or trainers of, you know, athletic trainers of, of the likes of what you see in the NBA to try and nurse him back to 100% health. And let's, let's think about it this way. Does that injury even help his draft stock? Jalen Clark is the reason why the Bruins were in the national title conversation. A lot of the other players were were a big, big factor as well. And Jaime Hawkes, we can consider him the biggest winner that the Bruins have ever seen. He doesn't win nearly as many games without Jalen Clark's defense. So I think that... That injury, well, it might have hurt the Bruins down the stretch. It could even improve Jalen Clark's draft status because they look back to what he was capable of when he's healthy, and now they want to get him in their hands, get their athletic trainers working, and get him back on the floor. I can see that as a, as, a, as a feasible possibility.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that. I don't know if I agree with Jaime Hawkins Jr. being the greatest winner ever in UCLA, if that's what you meant. But <laughs> I, I would say and definitely in this modern age of UCLA – post Ben Holland final fours from like 2010 to 2023 I would say he is the winningest you know I, I'm that we're not That's going on basic numbers well, but in terms of like the gritty the intensity he
1: has that yeah. winning
0: mentality right in terms of Jaime Hawkins, which we'll talk about in a moment
1: but yeah I was mean, so I was, I was just I was I was just making fun of, of Bill Walton Walton on, <laughs> on Twitter who said you know he's like he's like hey Jaime, you're a winner in every sense of the word, and he is. You know, he truly is a winner. It, it's just the way that he carries himself. I mean, when you talk about a program as storied as UCLA, often you're not going to have, you know, like a, a current player um, who hasn't won a national title. You know, as the winningest of all time. But hey, Jaime Hawkins is seriously a winner and one of the best, one of the best rebounders and and, and scores in school history. So you got to give him credit where credit's due. He just hasn't won, you know, the the big shebang.
0: Now the biggest thing is who's next, right? We, we already kind of talked about this, but now that the first one's gone, who's coming back? Who's leaving? Do we have an inclination? I'm not going to say we do, but we're going to talk about, you know, what do we think? What's next for who's next one? To, this isn't going to be the only one. Let, let's keep that real. This isn't going to be the only one, which is yeah. why- Maybe you can hit some money. Go check it out. Who's next in terms of going to win and cut down the net? Go check out fanduel.com slash locked on and check out. Hey, can you get that no sweat first bet? Because if I was, you know, trying to figure out if Jalen Clark would have been the first Bruin to commit to the NBA draft and declare, uh, you know, I would have needed that no sweat first bet because you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. But that's only if you're a new customer and you go check out fanduel.com slash locked on because the tournament's heating up. You got money line, point scores, spreads. Who's going to cut down the net over the weekend? You got to go to Fanduel and check out America's number one sports book and make every moment more with Fanduel. Go check it out. Cruising on in the second segment of Locked On UCLA, it's Zach and Max once again. So the biggest thing is. Jalen Clark, he's gone. Who is the next Bruin? And at the recording of this podcast, and you know, I recorded the podcast earlier the previous day and then the Clark News dropped, who is going to go next? Is it Hawkins? Is Tiger? You talked about social media. Tiger had kind of posted, it's your turn going to the likes of Dylan Andrews. Is Bailey doing something? One of the more interesting quotes I saw at the bottom of an LA Times article involved Ben Bolch talking about you know, all right. He kept Bailey, Bona, and Hockey. he kept Bailey, Hawkins, and Campbell in one section. And the final seg, uh, final sentence of the LA Times article from friend Ben Bulge said, "Freshman Adem Bona must also decide if he'll leave or return to rehabilitate his shoulder injury." Which leads me to wonder how serious is that injury in Adem Bona? But then we just saw Jalen Clark, who suffered a serious lower leg injury, and he's going to the NBA draft. Who in your mind is next to go, Max? Because there isn't only going to be one Bruin that leaves this team.
1: Well, I, I think that a big reason for the Jalen Clark news was he was also running out of time. This is a young man who was a little bit older than Bona, um, but had a little bit more buzz around him. Bona is, right, right, the freshman of the year in the Pac-12. But um, does that does that get you the same draft stock, especially with an injured shoulder? And it sounds like it's a little bit more severe than we expect, Um, so, you know, teams will do their physicals, you know, and, and you go into, you go into the draft teams, do their research. Right. So I, I don't know if Bona is going to leave. My gut says no. Um, I think that he's got talent to succeed at the next level, but I also think that he, if he, if he can nurse that shoulder and, and maybe develop a little bit more, um, I think that he, he could, he could improve his draft stock. My my expectation is that Tiger Campbell is already gone. I wouldn't be surprised if he were if he were the next to make the official call. Uh, but I think ha- Jaime Hawkes will declare for the draft in the next couple couple of days. I, I would
0: agree too. I think Jaime Jaquez Jr. is the one that is the next one to go. It just seems like he's taking it all in. He's taking it in stride. He's dealing with the emotions of finishing up, you know, the schooling and you know his sister's season coming to an end in the Sweet Sixteen dealing with his own season and his own draft stock what that means unless maybe they're trying to figure out hey is it worth it to stay an extra year at the Nil right if Jalen Clark's gone maybe that's more Nil opportunities for Jaime Hawkins jr. to make a buck right and yeah. you can you can bank on that and considering they got the home winning streak Westwood the you know everything the the glamorous lifestyle that is Los Angeles you can you can certainly cash in right in terms of making money. If he stayed one more year, it's just a matter of, at some point, do you want to cash in? Are you trying to cash in right now for your future, or is he trying to do something greater? And maybe it's that he doesn't have a Hall of Fame NBA career, but he he's trying to make that difference. And he's talked about that in those in those in-game interviews for a different community, a different generation, and be you know that influence. And maybe that NIL money isn't going to do something for him when he's already finished a degree and all that. And maybe he feels like his time is done, he, despite as many. You know, happy words Bill Walton can throw his way. I do think Hockeys is going to to bounce. And now the big one is Amari Bailey, though.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. You know, Amari Bailey um, is is that type of guy who I think will. Um, I I think he's going to stay. I think that's that's where he is. But frankly, I have I have no idea. Um, a young man who's at maybe one of one, not injured, right? you know he's healthy so you, you could you could see him moving on um, but let's be clear if he stays this is his team next year and I, you made a great point NIL with Jalen Clark gone the men of westwood are going to do everything they can to keep this team intact and try and run it back next year just a question of uh i i i think it's a question for for hawkes and campbell like they've they've gone through this process and now i think that they've they had their window. Amari Bailey's window is still there. If not, it, it, it hasn't even come yet. So I expect him to stay. That's what my eyes tell me. But I, I think I think it's it's the case for him and Bona. And I think that you know there's a few fresh or transfers I should say that are coming in that that will make make a difference. Um, you know, he, hearing rumblings about a couple of players that that could 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 be a real solid presence for a Pac-12 run next year, I think I think Bona stays.
0: Yeah, we, you know, Bona, we feel like, could certainly utilize an extra year. Bailey could just blow up on the scene if he stays one more year. And it's yeah. weird, because it's like, if UCLA wins one, two more games, you could think all these guys are gone, right? If Bona's healthy enough, he'd probably be gone. Bailey, if Gonzaga doesn't hit the shot, it's Bailey's shot, right? It's Bailey's yeah. shot that's remembered. It's That's yeah. the shot. He was the freshman that came up at a clutch spot Maybe not the most highest, most efficient three-point shooter, but he hit an open shot in a tournament, and he beat Gonzaga. Instead, it was Julian Strother, who had even more ridiculous shot, which can, we'll stop talking about. But it just is what it is. It's funny. If UCLA plays an extra game, and then he goes and has a good game against UConn, you could say Bailey's gone. And all he did was play an extra 30 minutes and take 10 more shots. It's just yeah. funny how the impact of winning a game or losing a game where it happens – can affect to the emotions, to the appeal, the pull. Sure. But hey, we both graduated college. Max, could you really, did you really, if you're like Hawkes or Campbell, do you want to stay five or six years from no. before no. pandemic? Maybe a coaching change for one, and then after a pandemic, while well, going through a pandemic in a bubble, that seems <coughs> like a lot. <laughs> like that is a lot to sit through, to go through an academically rigorous school,
1: that is UCLA. Hey, let's also be clear that they are uh, Zach. They're they're taking classes. They're taking class. They're taking tests. They're writing papers. They're taking classes. If you have the opportunity to not take classes anymore and get paid to do what you love, hey man, if it's me, I'm moving on. Right. As much as I love being in Westwood, I love Los Angeles. You know, it it may, it makes sense to stay if you have title hopes in your eyes. But I just it for 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 the guys who have been there for a few years hey if you have a chance to do this but not have to deal with the school stuff that's why you go to school in the first place so i think that they're going to swipe at that opportunity i think i think a couple of the freshmen however haven't necessarily paid their dues the same way and i can see them staying that that's where that's where my head is
0: yeah, well, we'll, well, this is something that's going to be debated about for the next couple of weeks. We've already debated about it multiple times this week, and Jalen Clark's gone. Who's next? We think it's Jaime Hawkins Jr. What's coming up next, though, on Locked On UCLA, we are talking UCLA men's volleyball because it's been some time since they've actually had some real match play in this season, and Max Gelt will talk about it. So as we cruise on into segment three, Zach Anderson, Yaksheimer, Max Kelton. We're talking about the 21-2 men's volleyball team. They've won two in a row. You're like, how have they only won two in a row? Well, they only played two matches since March 11th. Two matches in the last 19 days. You mix in finals. Probably all the craziness dealing with all the other sports in March Madness. But they only have six more matches left before the end of the regular season. And then you've got the, the conference tournament. And then you have the NCAA tournament. Max, what are your thoughts on, one, having a two-week break after a lengthy in-between, you know, game break? You know, you go to Hawaii, you have those big three matches in a row, and then you just almost decompress for a couple weeks. What are your thoughts on that for John Sprah?
1: Well, I think it's interesting. Anytime you play the best team in the country, and Hawaii for a week or so, a week or two, wasn't in that top spot before moving right back into it, Um, Let's be clear. Hawaii is the best team in the country, but UCLA is right there keeping pace. And that's a really tough tournament that they played in at the Outrigger. uh, One, two, three teams in the country, top three teams, um, all all in action. So anytime you have a, a tournament like that and then you get some chance to breathe, you utilize that right and it's really good scheduling I think from from Spira. So um I actually really like that they had some time to breathe after that and to reset and then to to re you know to to, to gather into what this team can be. Um you know this is a team also that has developed a new identity with Miles Partain out of the system. He was he was the quarterback for this team. Now it's Andrew Rowan, and they haven't lost pace. I think that the coaching has been really elite for this program, um, and being able to keep them in rhythm despite a platoon shift, not only that, they're blocking at an elite rate, best team in the country in blocks per set. Their hitting percentage is the best in the country. It was the same last year. Being able to keep that consistency through a new setter that's incredible on its own. And teams over their last eight matches are hitting below 250 against them. So they're keeping opponents on their toes. They're doing a really great, a tough series this week to play against GCU. But I'd expect them to be you know, the best team in that series.
0: Yeah, they they should hopefully beat the Lopes, and then they get to take on USC in a couple of weeks. So the Bruins knock off their bitter rivals?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's two teams going in different directions. You know, I I, I do most home games for USC, um, and I I love the coaching staff and I love the players there. But you know, having seen both of these programs in person, um, see UCLA team that is it, it, the talent level is is through the roof. And USC has been struggling a little bit as of late trying to get their footing. You know, I I don't think that it'll it, it'll be, you know, oh, necessarily the Bruins run away with it in both matches, but I do expect that when they play at home, the Bruins will win handily. And when they're on the road, I think it'll be a four-setter maybe. USC could could take one set, but I think it'll it'll go to four. Um uh, that said though, UCLA, we talk about title hopes having already played Hawaii earlier in the year it makes me confident that the Bruins can make a run for the title but they're going to have to beat number 5 GCU this weekend right i think that's their most difficult task moving into the uh, the the MPSF tournament and then they got to win that tournament too you really have to play well in the MPSF tournament and it's difficult with so many good teams in their conference
0: yeah so basically you're saying they are a championship contender They were very close. to. They battled Hawaii. They lost in four sets back in March 11th. That was the third match in three days, coming off a five-setter to beat Penn State. They swept in Purdue-Fort Wayne, and then they took on Hawaii, where it was tied after two sets. These were the scores, 27-29, 25-21 in favor of UCLA, then 25-22, and 28-26 in the fourth set, in front of a crowd over 10,000 at the Stan Sheriff Center. I'm not sure about you, but I've been to the Stan Sheriff Center out there in Honolulu, it is a rocking atmosphere, and they get crazy for their volleyball. It is unlike many in the country, especially on the men's volleyball side. So for UCLA to go play there is one thing. So now it's up to UCLA to go and try and win a national championship in volleyball. It's been, it's been quite some time there, Max.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it, it has been a few years. You know, with Hawaii and Long Beach's recent dominance, it's difficult for almost anybody else to break through. But I think that this is a team this year. Their schedule has set them up for a run, right? I look at their two losses. It was initially to number three Penn State. That team at one point was number one in the country after they beat Hawaii. Um, and the Bruins then were able to avenge that loss in a five-setter at the outrigger. Having seen them twice, I think, is a true chance to, to beat them um, in, in the national tournament. And then having seen Hawaii already once, I would expect the Bruins to meet up if they were to win a championship with Hawaii in the national championship title unless they see them a little bit earlier in, in the NCAA tournament run. And having seen them already once this year in time to prepare, um, I think that there's there's some serious promise there for this team. All the pieces are there. But a freshman setter doing it, really, really impressive stuff from the coaching staff. I can't. Yeah, hey, I know you're breaking a really up a little break. bit there, Max.
0: But um, yeah. I think Apologies. the biggest thing is you, it's all good. UCLA hasn't won a title since 06. And when you're talking to Wyatt, let's talk about this program really quickly. They've made it to three straight tournament finals, and they've won two of them. So that's what UCLA is trying to compete with. And it's up to Spira to get this team a championship for the first time in about 17 years, looking not to make it two decades over the next couple of years. So this is a team that's proven they can be good and dominate, but here they are with an opportunity, and you don't have to go win on the island anymore. So that's the big thing for UCLA men's volleyball as we wrap up the show today. For Max Kelton, I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Again, the big news, Jalen Clark is declaring for the NBA draft. That still does not mean he can't come back. He has, I believe, until May 31st when I read on the AP Newswire to withdraw his name. He has not signed an agent, which could make a difference even if he does that before that date. So until more information becomes available, we'll find out all those things and more here with us on Locked On UCLA. So stay tuned and enjoy the rest of our shows because there's going to be more players declaring, more football news coming in with spring practice and everything as we get excited. A clap time, baby. And one, two... 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, UCLA, UCLA, fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.